Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Insert Edition of Local Folks Podcast. I'm Bob Madar, and today's program is going to be devoted to a pivotal episode in Mickey's life, his military service in World War II. Mickey served in the Army, experienced combat in northern Belgium, and was seriously wounded. And like all great historical events, local folks from countless communities were the actors, and it's the totality of their actions that determined the outcome. Mickey was one small but very important part of a much larger picture, and he experienced things he would remember for the rest of his life. His actions, along with the actions of countless other people like him, are the warp and weft of history, and I found his narrative to be absolutely fascinating. So with no more further ado, here's Mickey. Um, I've kept my comments to a minimum, uh, because I think Mickey is pretty much capable of telling his own story himself. I was drafted into the army. They put me in the 29th division, which was the original invasion division, Mm -hmm. you know, on Utah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I remember walking up the hill with a group of guys and looking to my left and there were the grave of the guys who were killed on the invasion. Mm-hmm. At least some of them. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what what was your job? And uh, what was your role in the military when you were in the, in the, in the Army? <laughs> oh, I was first put into a branch that, let's see, after basic training, mm-hmm. I was put into a, a, a outfit that was anti-aircraft. So we had a, <coughs> a forty millimeter gun, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. two guys, you know, operating it, and I was on the machine gun, shooting at targets. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't think we ever hit a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you see, when the army advanced, there were pockets of Germans in the coast. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to root them out. Well, I got hit. in the northern section along the Roar River, R-O-E-R, not mm. the Roar. Not the, not the Roar. Roar, okay. Yeah. And was that in combat you were shot? Yeah. And where'd you get hit? Well, it busted my humerus Ouch. in two. And uh, the nerves. Mm-hmm. I spent over a year in the hospital. Was that a rifle round that hit you, or was it like an explosive? How did you? No, how did I you think come it was shot? a mortar piece. Oh, was it? So it was an incoming a fragment from a mortar. So you guys were getting shelled by a mortar, or something? yeah, I was. I, I was. <laughs> I remember being in a hole, 
and, and the officer calling names. And I remember very specifically, just because he called my name, fuck him, why should I get up and get killed, you know? But he called my name and whoosh, up I went. <laughs> and that's when you got hit. I ran across a field in a cleared path and up into the woods and the mortars were dropping behind me one after another after another and I got down and there were strip farms. You know what a strip farm is? No. You know, a farmhouse with a strip of land behind it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I ran over the hill and down into the farmyard. And the shells had just destroyed everything. Oh, you know, all, all the animal cages and the trees and all that. And I remember standing behind a tree. <laughs> behind. The tree was about that big. <laughs> And thinking to myself, this is a very exact recollection. And thinking to myself, if I move from here, I'm going to get it. And I moved and I got it. <laughs> wow. You know, a mortar dropped and just ripped my humerus in pieces. I have very clear recollections. I grabbed my arm and I ran like hell and I went down into the cellar and and my comrades were trying to unbuckle my, you know what a Sam Brown belt is I like? I do. Mm -hmm. No, you turn it and open it. And, mm, no, I don't. I, that, well, it, you know, it, 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 it had a butt and a and an extension. So if you took it off, you turned it like this, and then you could drop your back. Oh, okay. All right. And they were they were all the guys were very excited because you know I was I was wounded. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to take my my pack off my back. And I brushed them away because they were so nervous. And I opened it up and dumped my my knapsack, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember my sister-in-law had sent me a salami, a huge thing, you know. And I remember telling him, hey, there's a salami in my pack. Take it out and enjoy it, you know. <laughs> so I put my arm in a sling and I lay there until dark. Oh, and the medic, they called for the medic. And the medic came and he gave me a shot of morphine. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when dark came, the litter bearers put me on a litter and carried me out. And instead of carrying, they couldn't carry me through the, through the garden because it was too much destruction, you know? Mm -hmm. So they had to go up on the parapet of the river, which was the roar 
R-O-E-R. R-O-E-R. And then down the path. And there I am, on, and they're carrying me on their shoulders. And I'm, it was a bright moonlight night. Mm. And I'm looking at the moon and I'm thinking, my God, what a target I make, you oh. know. <laughs> but nobody fired. And then, you know, go back through a series of medical stations, to this, to that, to this, to that. Until finally I I got into a general hospital, big hospital, probably in Belgium. In Belgium. Yeah. Okay. So this, you were wounded in Germany? Were you in, in, in Germany proper? No, when you it were, was Belgium. It was Belgium where yeah. we were. Northern Belgium. I could see the spires of Antwerp. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. At first I was warehoused in a huge building and the V1s, you know what the V1s were? I do. Those were those rockets that were yeah. launched by the Germans. They made a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The V2 didn't make any noise No, they were, quite, they were silent, right? I mean, zoom, boom, boom yeah. they were in, yeah. The V1s would go rackety, rackety, rackety. Well, that was the ones they called buzz bombs, I think. The British maybe called them buzz bombs. They said they could hear them coming when they came into London. They hear this. Yeah, they would. They would try to shoot them down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you, when you heard them going, you know, we used to call them Fords and tractors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when they went silent. That's when you held your breath, you know, because zoom. But, but our, what would you call it? <laughs> our warehouse of wounded soldiers. Oh, the huge, the big, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't get hit. Oh, good. So, and then they put me on a train. And I remember... Emotionally, trying to urge that train to go, get the fuck out of here, you know. And I was saying, I'd like to get out of this bed and go and push the son of a bitch, you know. <laughs> and I reflected at the time that the wheels of a train make contact with the rail only about that much, <laughs> you know. I could push it. <laughs> <laughs> Here I was in this cast on my hips, you know, with my heart on it. But, you know, come on, goddammit, move, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> and then it started to move. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Music to my ears. Oh, no yeah. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> to take you away from the front and take you away from all of that or take you away from the bombs and... Um, so all night long, you know, you, you were in a, you were in a, in a, uh, uh, what do they call those cars that held goods? Oh, a boxcar? What? Boxcar? A boxcar, yeah. But it was fitted with shelves of, of you know, so you were on one of these shelves so they take your stretcher and put it in one of those shelves, right? Kind of? right. Ah, okay. Yeah. How many guys do you? So there were a bunch of guys in that boxcar with you, a bunch of wounded 
fellows as well? I'm sure there were. There probably were. But I don't remember. Oh, yeah, no worries. I just remember the train finally started. I wanted to get out and push the goddamn thing, you know. And then started click, click, click. And remember moving all night long. And there was one attendant in the car. I remember feeling very warmly toward him. But he would bring me a, a little sip of water, maybe come and talk to me in my in my birth. You know, he was. Uh, I remember him as a very quiet, very sweet, compassionate man. Mm-hmm. I bet that made a difference, didn't it? To have a compassionate oh, person. Oh yeah. Yeah, somebody you could call. And he would come up to your bunk and talk with you, ask you for a, ask him for a glass of water. He'd give you a sip of water. Nothing to eat, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes those little human touches <laughs> make sometimes. a hell of a difference. Always. Always. They make a hell of a difference, don't yeah. they? Wow. Well, in the morning, we pulled into a station... And they started to unload us. And who was carrying the stretchers out? POWs. Now remember looking at the back of their of their fatigues and it said POW and thinking, Yeah, you got here the hard way, you bastard. You know. <laughs> but I was grateful to them. <laughs> yeah. They were nice, you know. They were people. Mm -hmm. I remember that incident so well. The hospital, I remember them putting me in a pristine, clean bed with a white pillow, and white sheets. I felt a little self-conscious. I would think. I'm dirtying the sheets, you know. Then a nurse came in. It's wonderful to remember these things. And mm. I remember them like one instant to another. Mm. Mm -hmm. I have a good memory. Mm -hmm. Excellent memory. Good. She walked into the ward and she looked around. And I know what she said. She said, you need attention first. And then she, then she went out. And she came back with, you know, pans of water and soap, you know. Stripped me down and washed everything that was possible to be washed. Oh. A pretty little girl with dark hair. American nurse, you know. And then she left. And I, I was kind of sad that she left, you know. But pretty soon she came back. And I said, what are you going to do now? She said, I'm going to shave you. And so she proceeded to lather my face and shave me, you know. 
and her face was like that far from me, you know. And she looked at me like my face is here and she looked at me from here and she said, what's on your mind, soldier? And I cried like a baby. Oh. I cry now thinking of it. Oh, no doubt. And so what was, was the, were the tears like relief? Hmm? Tears, was that tears of relief that, you know, finally I It was can... tears of happiness and gratification. And I was being cared for by mm -hmm. a pretty young American. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yeah, I was put on a train from Scotland to England. Mm -hmm. And I believe there we embarked to go across the channel. So after the... After the war, what, what, you know, so you were mustered out at some point. You oh, were... well, I was in Halloran General on Staten Island. Oh, okay. For a year. Oh, that's, that was, a, is that a hospital on Staten Island or, or no? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. It was All right. Halloran Halloran General. General. So that's, so, so you, you recuperated in, in, in Scotland and in England. And then did you then come back to Staten Island to that hospital? From from well, you know, I was wearing this huge cast, like, right, right, you know, like yeah. this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call that recuperation, you know. No, but you had so, and then did you when you came back to the to that hospital? Did you still have the same cast? Oh the yeah, cast on? yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember them cutting it off too. They used a vibrating machine. Oh, be done gone. They didn't cut it. Huh? They used a vibrating machine. Huh? Because it was plaster, mm -hmm. you know, plaster right, right. and uh, tape. My arm was about as big as my finger. Oh, you then. lost a lot of muscle, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did they have then a rehab kind of program that you went through? At Halloran? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to go out of the hospital... You take take a, a ferry across to New York, you mm -hmm. know. You had to earn credits, a stamp, birdie. So you had to earn a certain amount of birdies oh. in order to to have a pass. And how would you earn the birdies? What did you what was it? Um you attended craft shops. Yeah, they kept you busy, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was doing woodwork and leather craft. I'm not sure I was doing woodwork. I remember leather. Hmm. So they had some sort of like training programs. Oh yeah. That you yeah. that that would that you would do in the hospital while you were recuperating. So it sounds yeah. like you did some leather work, leather crafting. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's a neat idea. I made wallets and pocketbooks, and you earned stamps. Right, and so, and if you got enough birdies, then you could get some liberty. You could, you could, could, go to... you could get on a 
on a ferry and go to the city. You yeah, know? The city. I'd like to take a minute before closing to reflect on what Mickey experienced in the war. When I interviewed Mickey in 2017, the events he described took place 73 years ago. But for him, it was like they happened yesterday, so clear were his memories. And powerful memories they are. He cried about them even though they are events long past. Our communities are full of local folks, veterans of the many wars our country has fought, who have memories that are as powerful and as emotional as Mickey's. And although I have not and do not support my country's involvement in most of those wars, I do believe that those local folks who serve deserve my compassion, empathy, and understanding, as they carry memories that still cause them to cry so many years later. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll return for Episode 4, airing on August 1st, to listen to Mickey as he talks about love, creativity, craftsmanship, and some pithy words of wisdom on how to live a full and meaningful life.